I'm fucking. I'm I'm, 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 I'm. I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up. Yeah. This Afghanistan shit is. It's, um, it's wild. It's Liddy, as they say. You. It's, yeah. You are now listening to the nation's number one. Entirely pro Biden. I mean, dude, we have joined. Oh my we God. have who joined else? the riding with Biden <laughs> movement. Who else is there to stand we, up like, to the guy? Like, we're not, no. you know, we're not these other places that were like, you know, when he was first bubbling, uh, like seventy-eight years ago. They were like, yeah, Biden rocks. When he was doing all the things that suck, they were like, Biden rocks. When you know he was plagiarizing for Neil Kinnock, they were like, that's uh, Neil Kinnock actually won. They lied. Uh, <laughs> You know, we weren't there. We we weren't there because, like, a true friend like criticizes their friends when they, you know, they won't let them leave the house in certain outfits. Like, you look bad, Joe. But now that he's like literally the only president who's fighting the deep state. Donald Trump talked about fighting the deep state, but they were like, "We're gonna, you're gonna look like a loser, and we're gonna kill your family." And then Joe, Joe was like, "I've looked like a loser my entire life, and like that already, like everything bad that can happen." Well, you're gonna kill me. I'm gonna die like tomorrow. <laughs> what are you gonna kill me? You're gonna kill my yeah. family? Yeah, I fucking dare been you. there, yeah. done that. And, yeah, the good son's already dead. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. Gonna, yeah. So who was that? Was that Ev? Who's like, we're gonna plant drugs on Hunter? <laughs> it's like too late. No, he's he's fighting the deep state because he's like, who knows why? You know, it doesn't matter. Maybe he thinks it's like 2011, like you said, well, that he's. He's telling Obama to pull out again. He doesn't realize that he's Obama now. Maybe he thinks it's Vietnam. Maybe he thinks we're pulling out of the Philippines. <laughs> There's no way of telling, but he is. What's important is okay. he's fighting the deep state. And the most important, he's fulfilling what LaRoche was never able to do. He's fighting Britain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. When I like, This is like an hour before we started recording. But when I saw the news item about how he left... Boris Johnson's bitch ass on read for 36 hours and he was yes. just like, oh, we're going to pick up the phone this Afghanistan shit is a shambles, mate. And Biden was just like, you're, you're, click. You're Kyber pass. <laughs> click. Britain's yeah. experiencing Suez Canal part two right now and they're losing their fucking minds and Biden is just like, I'm, I'm getting ice cream, man. I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. Biden's going to call him back and be like, my granddaughter gave me some of the oatmeal ice cream. I said, how the hell did you get oats in the ice cream? That's not going to taste good. You're talking about something at breakfast. You're not eating until 3, 4, even 5 p.m. But don't let Jill, Dr. Joe Biden, you know, my great wife, know that I'm eating ice cream before she makes her chicken parmesan. That's why it says chicken parmesan. Chicken parmesan. <laughs> okay, no, but like. Uh, that was the that was the fucking cherry on top of the Sunday because like I swear to God like what Biden has shown me this last week is that like I you know I said this like half jokingly but like I mean like just for this issue alone like by hook or by crook if he sticks to his guns on this he will go down as the best American president of my lifetime if not one of the greatest of all time because like yes. who else other than him could have done this I mean look they would have killed Bernie Sanders before he even got a chance to do it but like yeah. Donald Trump wouldn't have done it. His handsome, no. beautiful, his handsome, beautiful generals. He was too afraid of them. Yeah, he was too Donald fucking Trump seduced by them. Donald Trump doesn't even like his family, and they were like, "We'll kill your family." And he was like, "Oh, oh no." <laughs> no, I think what they, all they had, I don't even think they got to that point with him. All they, because I think he definitely wanted to pull out before election day, two thousand twenty, as look at I did, populist thing. I got out of Afghanistan, but they told him that this would happen. And that, oh, we're going to get run out of the country and you're going to look like a loser. And because he's a fucking pussy, he freaked. He said, OK, never mind. And so even though he had made the deal with the Taliban and he had made it helped make conditions on the ground so that 
a pullout was inevitable. He didn't get any of the fucking benefit out of it. He just kept dragging along. You know he would have stayed dragging along for yeah. the next four years if he'd gotten back in there because they just would have kept telling him, you look like a loser. Exactly. And then, and, this, then, this, and so he bitch acidly said no. They say it to Biden. He's like, "Yeah, fuck off. I don't care. I'm a loser." Like, yeah. this, this, gets, this gets this gets to like what Felix you said in our last episode that I think really like gets to the heart of the matter is that like Trump like despite the fact that like you know he he released all the leaders of the Taliban and like <laughs> <laughs> just, awesome. yeah like negotiated this exact pullout. You're exactly right. Because like he he knows that like he doesn't want to get involved in wars because he doesn't want to be a loser. But when like when he under like they were like yes you will look like a loser when these very news footage that we're seeing now from Kabul is happening. And he was too afraid of being described as in the media a loser. And what you said about Biden is so true. Is that like he is America's loser. And and like what you said about like to be like this whole like the based Biden thing is like the one president who's like actually making a decision that does put America first. The thing about being based in America is like such a, like a it's such a dumb phrase that's become like, you know, the Internet jargon that like just is poisoning our minds. But like really the truthful thing that it does describe is that to be based in 21st century America means to be a loser. Yes. Like it's, but it's to be a loser who is comfortable with being a loser. And it's like uh, Alex Nichols, what he said, I've been thinking about it all week, where he said, being based means that you're a protagonist of an Ayn Rand novel, but without any talent or ambition. Right. Which just basically means you do what you want and don't care when people get mad at you. Yes, you, because yes. It, caring what other people think is prison. It, it, it dooms you. You cannot be authentic if you do that. And that is what kept every president in this fucking thing. I mean... Obviously, the fact that it was a giant cash cow for defense contractors is the reason that we would never leave of, uh, you know, that's the reason that the machinery in the deep state would never get out. But, you know, there are the president does have, as we see, the ability to just say no, because I have the I have a political stake in ending this thing. But all of them were too scared of what people were going to think. All of them were big pussies. The most purportedly based Americans they're the same as everyone else. Their entire presentation is based on other people thinking it's cool. Whether yep. it's like a fucking 19 year old who thinks he's a knight hisp- uh, hospitalier, whether it's a fucking like guy who pretends he's a member of the shining path, even though he lives in silver spring, Maryland, whoever <laughs> we're all the same fucking asshole taking the same aesthetic uh, to make people think we're based. Oh, I, I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to do this anyway. No, the reason you're doing that is because of how much you care about people thinking about you. Yes. The most based kid at your school, you know who it is. It's the kid with like both types of acne who like tries to go super saiyan when there's a surprise <laughs> quiz. <laughs> people call him like a gay loser every day. He doesn't care. He's based. He's still going to do that. And He's still going to like scream at like a, the school administrative assistant, in the principal's office about like Naruto dubbing. He doesn't give a fuck. And that's Joe. Donald Fucking- Trump, Donald Trump isn't based. He's like, he, he's the, he doesn't care about anything but what people think about. Yes, that's all he cares about. And that's the same thing as Obama. The last two presidents we have are absolute slaves to this. We, we know now that, I mean, Obama, one of the things that kept him in Afghanistan was that he was worried with David fucking Brooks. Oh, my God. It. Yeah. He, he read a David Brooks op-ed piece where David Brooks talked to top intelligence like intellectuals and defense analysts. And they all said, we're worried not about Obama, the man. We're worried about his commitment. We're worried about him, whether he has like the 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 stones, determination, the determination to just continue doubling down on an absolutely failed strategy, and then continuing to take the advice of all the same people who authored 
that failure. And like, here's the thing. I, what I saw, I, I watched Biden do a one-on-one interview with George Stephanopoulos on ABC News last night. And Stephanopoulos was like standing in for the entire, like, quote unquote, objective media and giving him every opportunity to just be like, Joe, isn't it time for you to admit this was a mistake? I mean, do you, do you take responsibility for this? You know, what about the Taliban? I mean, isn't, couldn't this have been done better? And he was just like, no. <laughs> so you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. And, and I swear yes. to God, like, that, that's what I mean. Is like, I, look, I did not think Biden was going to actually pull out of Afghanistan. I did not believe that that was the case. I'm happy to be proven wrong about that. But like, he has legitimately done something that I did not think I would live to see an American president do. I thought we it, would be there And forever. we're seeing why. And we're seeing why. Everybody, everybody who matters is on the same page here. Uh, and and, and that even the fucking f- fake-ass based nationalists who thought that Trump was going to do America first shit have now decided, uh, yeah, no, uh, Afghanistan, of course, we were going to get out, but we were going to do it the right way. It's like, yeah. fuck you. No, it there's no way. such thing. <laughs> What's <laughs> the right way, you fucking dumbass. coward? Shut the fuck up. You're, you're what, the big, what, no look one's at, a bigger look at bitch. Look at, the, look at them crying about, like, the Taliban go- getting those, like, weapons caches. Oh, no, they have guns, the thing they never had before. Oh, no, they know what a helicopter is. You fucking pussy. You think they're going to come kill your fucking bitch ass? You're going to die from the fucking slop you eat, just like every other fucking American. And then and then what Stephanopoulos, when he said to Stephanopoulos, he was like, like yeah, he was like, George, like I, I see these images and I feel bad and I take responsibility for it. But he was like, look, regardless of what the intelligence said or like whether we got that wrong or like, yeah, like everything we said a month ago has been like, you know, dramatically proven wrong about how fast this would happen. But he said there's no way that like America can pull out of a war like this or a country like that and not have chaos follow in our wake. There, there is no way. And like, by the way, speaking of like the uh, the MAGA people, I mean, I always go to Frank Stallone when I want to know like what, 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 what Trump's America. Yeah, is he, he about really this. is like the and, id there. Yeah. And he, he, he has like the absolute boomer brain poisoning of just being like he's been posting so strong this week, and it's just all about how Biden is the greatest disgrace in American history. This is the worst defeat America has ever suffered. And then he's like, but in the same Instagram post, he's like, yes, I know Trump was going to withdraw, but he would have done it smart. He wouldn't have let these scumbags have all of our weapons. It's like, oh yeah, he would have like we would have we would have spent the next twenty years going around Afghanistan collecting every single bullet and rifle yeah. that we spent a trillion dollars giving their fucking fake ass military. And then I saw some yeah, other. We're gonna guy do today. a gun buyback program. Talk about how about Cal- how we we left behind forty year old Black Hawk helicopters oh, that, ch- no. that that China will now have access to. And it's just oh, like, oh no. no, they figured out flight. Oh, dude, oh, we're fucked. God. China's going to have the helicopter that got taken down by slingshots. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, no. Well, kiss everything goodbye. I'm Mandarin. Now oh, they, my God. These, like, yeah, no. Now they can crash into bin Laden's yeah. suburban home in, in Pakistan. <laughs> yeah. What do, like, okay, that thing is admit that Trump would have done it the right way. That's the thing Trump excelled at, logistics. <laughs> you know, no matter what you think about him, he always, he was a details guy, right? You know? We always saw that. And like, I, I just, I, I never thought I would see it, but like, like it just, he is facing, as, we, as I said last episode, a full court press of the entire media and his own party. Like, because not only would, not, would Trump not have done this, 
No other Democrat would have done this. You oh, think no. Pete Fuck Buttigieg no. or Kamala Harris or fucking uh, Elizabeth no. Warren would have fucking... No, because, because the thing that they're more scared of than anything in the world is exactly what has happening now. People on TV saying that they're pussies. That's all People on TV about. saying that they don't, that they're, whatever word it is, irresponsible, don't have determination, whatever. That's what they're fucking terrified of. And he's none the of them only, would have been able to put up with it. And look, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not like it's, it's hard to put too much confidence in Joe Biden or his administration or Tony Blinken's State Department. But if he, if he stands firm on this, it would be like a, a, a genuinely stunning thing to occur, which is in the face of like a unified media and political pressure to just be like. What about our brave sons and daughters? What about these gold star families who now have to like, was, was their sacrifice of their child in vain to just simply say to break the sunk lost fallacy and just say, yeah, it's terrible, but like nothing we would, are going to do, uh, it would change the outcome. And I'm not going to like spend a single other dollar or life to fucking like make, to continue your fantasy of of like that this war was worthwhile or that, that an outcome would be changed. Did you see on that same interview where... He said, well, yeah, there's like suffering everywhere. Do you think we should do you think you've solved those problems by invading? It makes you go like, where was that, Joe, uh, when he voted for this war? When he voted for Iraq. I mean, look, he's a I piece of shit. 50 like, years, he's a piece of shit. But he's but the God right damn piece it, of shit. He was right. He's, he's the right piece yeah, of shit for this he's time a piece and of place. Shit we deserve the turd. His role is has risen to the top of the punch bowl. Yeah. You know, God, God is a greater writer of comedy than any human could be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, like there is obviously. It is a double-edged sword to be at the whim of a demented old man and, and hostage, basically, to his particular uh, weirdness. So, and, and, you know, on one side, you get he's willing to take the hit on Afghanistan and say, fuck off. But on the other hand, even though it would be hugely to the Democrats' political fortunes to do things like, I don't know, get rid of student loan debt or uh, legalize weed federally, he's not going to do that because the same freak brain that's not that's fixated on getting out of Afghanistan is also fixated on, uh, on, on those policies. But so, Hey, you know what? You take the good with the bad. And at least you have to be able to acknowledge that this is genuinely, uh, a break from a, a pattern of, uh, of a thought process in power that was not going to be shattered any other way. Nothing else was going to get us out of Afghanistan shy of some sort of massive natural catastrophe uh, or breakdown of law and order than a individual president who just didn't give a fuck. This is a bigger deal than the Iran deal. Like, I'm sorry, it just is. The Iran deal. Well, the Iran deal point, had supporters point, in the elite of like right. America's foreign policy, like power corridors or whatever you want right. to call it. And at this point, it might as well <laughs> never fucking happened. You know why they're cur- one of the reasons they're freaking out so much? They're not going to get Americans to redeploy. Exactly. They're not going to get us to go back exactly. in there. Joke ended it. You're not going to. We're not like, look, yeah. the Iran and, deal. Might, you're right. Might as well not have happened. They may try to restart it. I, you know, whatever. Like, I, I hope they do. But like, and the next president can come on and just erase that. There is no president that's going to come after Joe that is going to recommit American soldiers to Afghanistan. It's impossible. Yeah, we're done with it. We're done with it. And this is. I think the most courageous act I've ever seen a president take in my lifetime. I don't think anything comes close even. And then, and then just the, the added benefit of just pissing on the British too. Did you see Love that thing that. where Theresa May was squawking on the floor of parliament? I'm just at the guardian here. It says, uh, 
Uh, May delivered a scathing attack on the foreign policy and intelligence failures of, of Johnson and President Biden, suggesting the prime minister should have tried to form a NATO alliance to stay in Afghanistan without America. <laughs> a NATO, oh my a NATO alliance without America. Oh, good, good, luck. good luck with that, together, Teresa. <laughs> when maybe, says, maybe, maybe you could find some Ulster holdouts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Was our intelligence really so poor? Was our understanding of the Afghan government so weak? Was our knowledge on the ground so inadequate or did we just think we had to follow the United States on a wing and a prayer and it would be all right on the night she said it's just like well you've been doing that for like since World War II so yeah, I mean, what would you're change now yeah. you're not about to stop now what are you going to do join the EU oh wait <laughs> uh, she is yeah I God bless Teresa God bless her I hope she can link up with the uh, DUP again she can locate British hero the most heroic man ever in the history of the British Isles, Johnny Adair, <laughs> to single-handedly set up like yeah, a they're, meth they're ring go, in Kabul. Yes, they're going to go to Belfast and get like a dirty dozen of a bunch of <laughs> UFF psychos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, more power to you. I hope you work that out. Good luck with the America-less NATO. Um, <laughs> great to hear from you again. I saw a bunch of labor MPs. Oh, all yeah. These, all these fucking losers are, you know, their equivalent of our, like, Abby Spangfeller uh, being like, I deployed there, and I, like, I, do you know how bad this feels for me? I hope it feels awful. <laughs> I hope it's the worst day of your fucking life, and I hope you never get better. Fuck you. I know, it's just like, this is the extraordinary thing. It's like, what we're talking about, like, Joe Biden as America's loser, as America's loser, and, like, America in the 21st century, if you live here, you're a fucking loser. And yep. it's just like, he's the only one to admit it, and like, I, maybe there's there is some catharsis in that. Maybe there's some some hope, some progress in just coming face to face with that fact and just admitting it. Like we lost the war in Afghanistan. Yeah. We do not get to have our way after that fact, and we've lost it from like 2002 on. Yeah, there was no other outcome that that could have occurred. None. You know, one of the biggest things I wanted from Bernie, and like one of the reasons I felt so invested in that campaign is because the thing I wanted so badly was for America for a negotiated withdrawal from the world. That's what I wanted. I've wanted it for, for the longest time. And I thought maybe he could do it. Now it's like if he tried that, yeah, heart attack gun. But God damn it, I don't think we're going to get the rest of it like I want. Probably not. But like, no, God damn it, no. this isn't a great first step. And like if we can, if we as a nation... You know, because we've been riding on just insane, fucked up optimism since the beginning. If we can now, after 300 plus years, go, we're fucking losers. Oh, my God. We could actually get something done. Yeah, we could start fucking like, I don't know, fixing the problems that make us all such miserable pricks. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like, and then I, I really love too among like the kind of like the neoconservative set like like Eli Lake and Noah Rothman and guys like that. They're like, mm, yeah, uh, I guess we're just done with forever war. Uh, so I suppose we'll, we're coming home from South Korea and Japan now. And it's like, yeah, good. No one wants us there. Yep. I, yeah, no. Uh, Rothman in particular has been really fun. I set up alerts for him. Every <laughs> new post is hilarious. He said this is the worst, like, the worst maladministration of uh, a, pre a president in his lifetime. Was what that, it was just yeah. that is wild. <laughs> uh, nearly a million Americans are thing. dead of coronavirus. Yeah, that is an insane thing to say. I mean, yeah, he has 
they have to reopen like a sanitarium for him. He's going to be the first American put into a straitjacket in like 40 years. <laughs> and, you know, I, I said this, but like I've, I've noticed the way in which uh, the term forever war or forever wars have become like sort of a, a cheap pejorative used by these people to kind of caricaturize the uh, point of view they're attacking. But like they're attacking it because it's a very succinct description of America's foreign policy that any normal person understands. And that like the fact that they support it is 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 like transparently diseased to any person. And this is why this could be a watershed moment, because if Biden stands firm on this and then doesn't actually face any real political downside to it, then like I then I don't know like has a damn broken in American culture, I don't know like I, is, is, like it's gonna it, will it will it be harder for these people to continue to do the shit they've they, they like they've been doing for the, like their entire lives, I I mean I don't know I mean it's I don't want to get too optimistic here but like I got just uh, Irish Joe man uh, credit where it's due credit I am joining Joe if you need a Jared I'll work for <laughs> no money. Let's get out of everywhere. Let's get out of fucking Okinawa. Let's get out of South Korea. Let's get out of all these places. Come on, man. Germany? Yeah. Why are we still in why, Germany? Why are we in Germany, Jack? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds. I think I'm pretty much done predicting it because, like, yeah. who in the world would have predicted this? Not even Biden's biggest supporters back during well, no, last now year. His supporters They're all pissed, pissed off. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> they are all mad at him. I am. <laughs> They're like, we didn't vote for this. We didn't vote for this, Joe. No, we didn't I'm, want you to 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 to, to kill our uh, our boners about our imperial power. Uh, I, I, we have fantasies that we're going to fix the world at the at the end of a fucking drone uh, warhead. We don't want you harshing our fucking buzz. I know some Biden supporters who, you know, we're all, we're all in the ice cream parlor together now. I don't know what the national breakdown is. I saw one poll that said like it was still something like. 58 or 60 something Democrats like we're, we're in favor of this. Those are my people. Those are dude. We're getting in the big car. We're going to share a banana split. We're going to do some heavy petting. I, I love you guys. I love you guys. The 40% or however many. Fuck you. I mean, fuck you go it, vote for Abby Spangfeller. I don't care. I got, fuck you. It, it'll, that's like that's why this is an interesting moment, because you, 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 you're seeing this full court press to try to convince everybody that this is a disaster and a horrible thing, even though it's what like 70% of Americans wanted they're saying, no, this is bad and trying to reframe it and, and use it now as a way to, you know, justify another, some sort of uh, future uh, military intervention that can be framed as a way to like reestablish that forgotten, that lost honor that we, that we left in the fields of Afghanistan. Uh, and it'll be very interesting to see if it's effective. Like right now, they're really pushing for it. But, you know, the big thing that Biden has uh, going for him is that we all nationally have the exact same dementia that he has and that we can't remember anything that happened two weeks ago. Well, in in terms of that, like pushback, I mean, like uh, I think there was one very interesting uh, NBC News had a very interesting article. uh, CIA warned of rapid Afghanistan collapse. So why did the U.S. get it so wrong? And the whole article is just a press release for the CIA where they were like, oh, no, 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 no. The intelligence community had exactly right. And Biden ignored our warnings. This is written by a guy named Ken Delanian. Oh, you may remember Ken Delanian as a guy who was exposed by The Intercept for running entire articles past his CIA handlers and essentially giving them editorial control. Emails like, "Uh, "Okay, thanks. And you wouldn't put out this. Yeah. 
okay, thanks. And you wouldn't put out disinformation on this, would you? If it was true and you didn't want to confirm it, you'd say no comment. I ask only because covert operations are supposed to be deniable, right? And then subject, oh read, God. what can you tell me about this? And then another example here. Um, would you quibble with this? And then it's just a quote from his article. Occasionally, a smaller explosion ends the life of just one person, as when a missile hit earlier this month crashed into a room in Pakistan's tribal areas and killed Abu Yahya Alibi, Al-Qaeda's number two, officials say. So he's just sending this directly to the CIA, being like, this cool with you? Oh, my God. What a fucking worm. And like, okay, so I, 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 Maduro said this on Venezuelan national TV. I wonder, I wonder what your yeah. guys' thoughts about this. He said... Either you have to believe that you, the U.S. intelligence is just so bad and incompetent that they literally didn't see this coming as quickly as it happened, or that they are literally seven days in Maying Joe, that they set him up for this by telling him, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine, Joe, pull out, and then that they're setting him up for a big defeat um, so that they can like reassert their control. I think there's another, there's another explanation, and it's that they did tell him that this would happen, and he didn't fucking believe them, because why would you fucking believe them? Yeah. They or he didn't give a shit for 20 years. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you can't do it. It'll collapse. And they're like, uh-huh, sure. Tell me another one. That's why that's what you've been telling us. That's what you've been telling us of every party for the last 20 years. Why we can't get out of here is because this thing's going to fall apart. Even though at the same time you're telling us it'll fall apart the second we leave, you're telling us that we're making a lot of progress and that we're actually building stuff. Those things are happening simultaneously. How am I supposed to believe literally anything you have to say? And then you just ignore them. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it turns out uh, they weren't lying that one time. And, you know, obviously... Uh, in terms of Ken Delanian, I mean, like these people are the national security state. They are the intelligence community. The, 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 these are like paid, you know, operatives for the CIA. And like, you know, the way the way that they're, and like, look, we did the two Atlantic articles uh, last episode. Um, like, you know, the, the Atlantic is pushing this hard, and it's funny because I think like the media industrial complex is about to launch their own Afghanistan war which is writing articles like this for the next 20 years about every conceivable human rights disaster that happens in Afghanistan and laying it around the necks of everyone who wanted to get out of that war. Whereas they spent the last 20 years ignoring Eddie Gallagher collecting fingers and noses. Yeah. And us training death squads so that they would hang around, that they'd be there after we left. The people that we, the people that we killed with bombs, the people that just got shot up, the fucking boys we would sell to warlords. We killed vastly more people than the Taliban did. Absolutely, that's just yeah. a fact. One hundred percent. That's undeniable. Undeniable. And if that's the case, then if it's America plus Taliban equals this many deaths, then Taliban minus the United States. I'm sorry, it's going to be less. Anyone, it's going to be less violence. Anyone doing this bullshit, they want to mystify that fact, but it's fucking true. We killed, yes, we killed vastly more innocent civilians than the Taliban did. We trained death squads, and the, the fucking corrupt warlords we put in charge there um, were so bad that now most of the country, including various minorities who fought the Taliban for decades, are now basically like, okay, we're going to make a deal with them because this is just, this is ridiculous. Yeah, do you wonder, yeah. Do you do you wonder why it was so easy for them? Do you think that just suddenly everyone in Afghanistan is a fucking coward? Because I don't think that's the case. Yeah, no, they just defeated two, they, in the in the last forty years they defeated the two preeminent world empires in wars. I don't. You can accuse them of a lot, but being cowards, unwilling to face battle, is not one of the one no. thing you can say. They saw their options, and this is what they decided. What happens in the future? Everything is up to them, as it should be. This is the only way they can be in charge of their own destiny. 
And out of all of the like the the nauseating spectacle of like the people who authored every atrocity that happened in Afghanistan over the last twenty years, now pretending to care about the lives of the Afghan people, no, none of it is as nauseating as the fucking hand wringing about Afghanistan's women and girls. And it's like, look, um, do I? Am I glad that the Taliban like is going to impose a religiously fundamentalist view of like law and society on like you know the, the women and young girls of Afghanistan? Like, no, that's not a, that's not a, a prospect to relish. But like, you didn't care when we were fucking the ones killing them. You didn't, you didn't care then. And like, and also like, none of you ever gave a shit about the women and girls of Afghanistan ever. No one gave a shit. When it was Saudis going over there with more guns and money than anyone in these places had ever fucking seen and telling them that they basically have to believe this. Hey, take some of the stuff you already have and, and, and sort of run it through the Wahhabism filter. And you can be our proxy armed group. No one gave a shit when they were doing these in any of these fucking places. No one fucking cares. They still sit on the boards of these fucking think tanks that are funded by the exact same fucking people. You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit when it's in Qatar. You don't give a shit when it's in Saudi Arabia. You don't give a shit about it anywhere except for the place where you can sell more war to Americans. Go fuck yourself. And like to, to that end, I mean, I just want to like, uh, the the worst of them is of course in the Atlantic, and this is Caitlin Flanagan writing in the Atlantic. Oh, an expert, good. Yeah, she says the week the left stopped caring about human rights, it's a Fuck remarkable you. how quickly liberals abandoned the women of Afghanistan. What year is this? Is this two thousand two? This is the exact same shit that they fucking said. This they've been saying this exact stuff for twenty years. And what is, what are the conditions that they're so proud of that the Americans were able to uh, dictate there in Afghanistan? Uh, 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 rule by child molesting, heroin dealing warlords, what, where it, women, it, where women's rights are at the bottom of the fucking list in 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 world rankings after twenty years. It, even if there is some genetic mutation, where for whatever reason every woman in Afghanistan is somehow impervious to bullets and 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 and, and hellfire missiles, even then this wouldn't hold any fucking weight. Uh, she writes here. Get the hell out has, of course, been the liberal position for two decades until about 72 hours ago when Democrats suddenly became so concerned about the fate of Afghanistan, you'd think they were at a Dick Cheney revival meeting. You can call for American troop withdrawal for 20 years and you won't be politically or strategically wrong, but you need to be ready to take it on the chin when you get, to, uh, when you get what you ask for and the inevitable happen. Girls being forced into child marriage and forbidden to go to school or to leave the house without a male relative. It's just like, well, okay, like we just said, Joe Biden is taking this on the chin. Re rewind. What are you going to do about it now? Can I just do a, a rewind? What the fuck is a Dick Cheney revival meeting? You've been writing <laughs> yeah. professionally for like 45 fucking years. What the fuck are you? What's a dick? Is he dead and they're bringing him back to life? Is it like? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, happened the, several the times, Cheney, actually. The Dick Cheney fandom is dying. We're going to bring him back with a revival. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Who fucking edited this? Your kid? He goes, uh, she says here, is your conscience prickling? Don't worry. Senator Dianne Feinstein has everything under control. She is concerned about at-risk women and girls in Afghanistan. We aren't abandoning them. They will be covered by the bipartisan Protect Women and Girls' Rights in Afghanistan Act introduced by Feinstein and Senator Joni Ernst in May. Do you ever get tired of being lied to? According to this act, America will use the withholding of economic aid and the voice of the United States government to protect Afghan women. If the Taliban abuses those women, America will ensure that the militants are brought to justice. Of course, everyone behind this grotesque bit of fiction knows what we're bringing the Taliban to justice would require, the round-the-clock presence of massive military power. 
not the inside voice of Senator Dianne Feinstein. We could not stay in Afghanistan forever, probably never should have gone there in the first place, and we were deluded when we thought we could track Osama bin Laden to a cave in the northern mountains. But when nearly 3,000 of your countrymen and women are blown to bits on an ordinary Tuesday morning, you do not take kindly to the nation that welcomed their killers. Okay, if that's the case, imagine uh, innocent men, women, and children getting blown to bits every fucking day for 20 years by America. And then imagine what we felt after 9-11. Imagine what they feel about us, including, including the precious women and girls. The thing, yeah, 9-11 every fucking day. Um, I'm just like, this article is so nauseating, but just at the end here, uh, she just says here, uh, the reason, aside from honor and quagmires and the tender mercies of Dick Cheney, that we stayed in Afghanistan so long and at such a great expense with nothing to show for it except the safety of that small sliver of women and girls is that for all of America's sins, our default position is freedom. For all of our sins, we are a great country. That's easy to forget. <laughs> Last year in this magazine, Barack Obama made what has got to be one of the most astonishing statements ever offered by a former president. I'm not yet ready to abandon the possibility of America. That was fast. What happened? Yeah, to holy shit. Well, yeah, it seemed to have fucking worked out for you. Yeah, he got he got his game master Anthony fantasy of all the characters from every movie and TV show coming together for a huge birthday party. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you got fucking like Nora Jones and Silento to come to your birthday party. You've never been on the fucking losing side personally of anything. Yeah, it worked out for fucking you. For a bewildering two decades, we had the political will and a large enough volunteer military to spend our blood and treasure protecting the human rights of some of the most powerless people on earth, girls. In no other country would that story even be possible. Goddamn right it's not possible in any other country because no other country assumes for themselves the right to be the empire or the military rulers of the world. Oh, yeah. Our most precious resource, girls. We need, uh, no, no, no. It wasn't all the heroin and pipelines and fucking rare earth minerals that are in Afghanistan. We were there to protect the precious resource of girls. And by the way, Caitlin Flanagan and everyone else at the Atlantic supported the war in Iraq and Afghanistan in the first place. So it's a little rich of them to come now. Well, of course, in hindsight, we never should have done any of this. But now that we have done it, we have to stay there uh, forever because of that small sliver of like Afghan girls going to school, which, you know, when they weren't going to school, they were being fucking murked for sport by U.S. Navy SEALs. That's what Dev grew. When Dev grew got into the shower with their friends and were fucking jamming anabar needles into their ass and fucking ripping coke off of their, off of their M4A1s, that's what they were talking about. We're doing this for girls. We're cutting all these fingers off for girls. What the fuck are you talking about? I hope you don't actually believe this. If you actually believe this, you're just a, you're, you're a liability. You are going to crash your car into a fucking school bus because you think that your gas pedal dispenses candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so nauseating because, like, look, you can, it, it's just this idea like, oh, America is the only country in the world that would ever fight for freedom. Well, it's just like, well, if you spend 20 years and then, and then you, you, can, you can't have that thought and then follow it up by saying, well, it's a war, atrocities happen. Because you can't spend 20 years doing atrocities to a country full of people and then be like, well, we were doing it for their freedom. Isn't being occupied by another country not freedom? I mean, could you, the Taliban could make this exact same argument. Hey, sorry about the atrocities, but our freedom not being occupied by a foreign power is just that important. We're the only, we're the only militia that cares about that type of thing. And, you know, they're also the only organized group that is capable of, like, providing basic governance to Afghanistan at all. Yeah, they're, being, they're way more effective administrators of, like, 
uh, civic needs than the government that we built there. They're better at fucking court. They're better. Hey, if you're if you're a liberal who, who's freaking out about COVID, Taliban is, has way better COVID uh, measures than the <laughs> Afghan government does. They're taking I mean, it way more seriously. Ghani, Ghani is such a fuck you to that country that we put that guy in charge. What a fuck you. What a, just if nothing else, if nothing else, if the bombs, if the seals, if the fucking rampant stealing, if the fairing, the helicopters back and forth for Burger King didn't give people this message, putting that fucker Ghani in there, nothing tells people you don't give a fuck about them. Like that, the like, guy who the guy who ran away with 160 million dollars in Louis bags. <laughs> Felix, I love that post you shared of like it was like yeah, Ghani flees the country with 169 million dollars of like the <laughs> of the Afghan treasury just in bags <laughs> going to Dubai or whatever. And the guy quoted it and he was like, "Stop pocket watching." <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying like you don't know that he didn't already have that. Like maybe he was like he like worked like 80 hours a week as an Uber driver. And he it's was just always like, driving during surge time. It's just like, where like where do these people get this? I mean, like, but like maybe in two thousand two, you could feel good about like our allies that we're replacing the Taliban with. But like by twenty twenty one, you cannot any nobody can say that the people we put in charge were like less evil than the Taliban. Yeah, yeah, no. it's not like we we managed to find like the one group of people more morally repellent than the yeah. Taliban and put them yeah. in charge. They love yeah. heroin and child molestation way more than the Taliban and the Afghans had people that they thought were good we were but you know what country are you dealing with here the country that loves freedom told them no you're gonna take this fucking asset and you're gonna smile here you go here's karzai is it like one of the current heads of the taliban a guy who worked for like voice of america for 20 years yeah no they have they have this like figurehead guy who they say will be president yeah the president. Uh, he looks yeah. i was saying i was saying he looks like he would get killed during the house of the rising sun montage again, you know, <laughs> he's like dude, you put him in where a are you going with, jag off yeah you put him in a lineup with all those other guys it's like one of these things is not like the other like everyone has these gaunt fucking faces and like cool scars and shit and like yeah holy shit you've been eating like a fucking two grains of rice a day and like never slept not besides your ak and then you just have this like fat guy looks like he could be from chicago who's like hey when are the girls coming in <laughs> he's wearing these fucking transparent ass aviators i love him he's wearing I don't transition know how he got in there. yeah he's awesome man it's gonna be sad when like yeah the the pashtun joe pesci is like but he wasn't one of us so he had to go <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get Biden on the phone. I gotta have a conversation with the man. <laughs> That's Boris Johnson, apparently. Yeah. No. Oh, Boris, don't yeah, don't go to your car that's parked near a snowbank. <laughs> oh, no, man. Joe is Remo Gaji. Yeah. Joe is the fucking boss in the courthouse. Why take a chance? Sucking take a chance? in, <laughs> sucking in oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> and he's but he's not pretending. He's not pretending for the fucking yeah. jury. He really is. <laughs> It, it, like I said, like uh, Caitlin Flanagan in the Atlantic, this is the opening salvo of their 20-year war that will produce the exact same outcome if they didn't write an article at all. They will be telling every fucking American that they are bad people for this. From the time your child is born to the time that your uh, your child gets in trouble at Brown University because he <laughs> tried to do like a hip-hop musical about Afghanistan. <laughs> they will be writing this article. We failed. We failed as a people. To keep to keep our sacred honor. That's all we do is fail. 
And we found our guy. We found all our we guy. do is lose, lose. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. And another one. And another one. <laughs> another major key. You can eat ice cream at any time of the day. Well, I mean, I look. There are you know precious few heroes when it comes to the story of the the war in Afghanistan, or just. But I would like now to highlight just one, and probably the only hero. You know who I'm talking about? The last no. Jew in Afghanistan. <laughs> I love this guy. This I dude fucking know. is God so damn. fucking cool. Did you? Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. But did you see the post that I retweeted about the guy who came to visit him? About like the the Monster Energy drinks on the hot plate. Yeah, this fucking guy came to visit him all the way into Afghanistan, an American Jew, and was like instantly. Zabulon's like. I need twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, like okay, okay, something. here, here, here. And then he takes these monster cans and puts them on a space heater to heat them up. <laughs> like I tea. Love, dude, he's like tea. We need he's a making pope. monster energy tea. Dude, yeah. this guy Zabulon. He's the Jewish is, pope. He's is, our pope. Yeah, <laughs> is, is the like the coolest Jewish guy on the planet. And he it's, is the unambiguous hero of Afghanistan, in my opinion. And this latest story from Haaretz. Afghanistan's last Jew asked for money from rescuers decides to re- remain in Kabul. This Jewish like ch- like charity group that uh you know um like uh, I guess exfiltrates um Jews who are in danger from like hot spots in the world were like they were like Zabulon like oh the Taliban's in control now like please come to Israel and he was like uh yeah okay I got a lot of debts though <laughs> he was like can you can you fill that out and they they wouldn't do it for him and you know what a lot of people were like okay like there's the obvious joke to make about how stereotypical this is but Zabulon is a thousand percent right to ask for money from these assholes because like them doing that would be a huge PR get for him and they would trot him out and like do like media hits with him or whatever God is it really so much to ask that they just settle the guy's debts. His debts I mean, can't be that much. Well, like, also, it's like a few hundred dollars. Also, it's like, I'm sorry. Uh, there's, It doesn't like he has to worry about his credit score going down. He's probably just asking for money and good. He's, yeah. he's calling it debts. But at the end of the day, he just it's like, if you're going to have me go out there to be your fucking uh, mascot, you need to fucking pay me. Yeah, like, Zab- you know, I, I would he- pay my open offer is like Zebulon. I will like you can live in my guest bedroom and I will settle whether your debts are real or not. I will help settle them because like, I love you. I in that in that uh, that tweet thread about him, they had a story about somebody coming to see him, uh, and and he would and they somebody asked him if they were going to make tea for the guests, and he goes, "No, it's Shabbos." While well, he was uh, clicking on the television. <laughs> He's like, Dude. he's like going through the channels going, no, oh, it's Shabbos. I can't make tea. Did you see the thing where it was like some fucking Israeli was trying to like, he was said, um, oh, uh, well, do you have a prayer you can say that's like a secret message for us to extract you? And, and Zabulon was just mumbling along with it because he can't really speak Hebrew. <laughs> that, if that's not proof that he like deserves to be the Jewish Pope, that he doesn't know Hebrew. God, he's one of us. He's one of, we need a fucking role model like him. I, I just gotta go, I gotta go to this article because there's so many good things in it. Uh, it said, Afghanistan's last known remaining Jew allegedly demanded a financial payment from a group of volunteers working to facilitate his evacuation from Kabul following the Taliban takeover this week, refusing to leave when his request was rebuffed. 
Israeli-American businessman Moti Kahana, who has been involved in several controversial high-profile exfiltrations of Jews from Middle Eastern countries, told Haaretz on Wednesday that while the 62-year-old Zabulon Simatov initially agreed to be evacuated, he subsequently conditioned his exit on the receipt of personal financing. <laughs> I'm not paying Jews to save their own lives. I'm here to help. I'm not here to pay you to save your life, Kahana said. Simatov claimed to have some debts that he had to cover before he leaves. We're not in the business of covering debts. We're in the business of saving people's lives if they need to be saved, confirmed Rabbi Mendy Chitrick, the Istanbul chairman of the Alliance of Rabbis in Islamic States, and another participant in the aborted rescue mission. When the news about the Taliban came, he indicated that he wanted to leave and we contacted the Turkish foreign ministry and Kahana and his team. But if he didn't feel, doesn't feel under threat, then it's totally up to him. We don't feel that there is a threat to his life. Then he goes here. In an interview with an Indian TV network aired on Tuesday, Simitov said that while he had the opportunity to flee to the United States, he had decided to remain behind in order to look after Afghanistan's last standing synagogue. Um, Which goes, is like his house. Yeah. <laughs> no, he li- he lives there. Yeah. And then, and then apparently the second to last Jew in Afghanistan, they, they both claimed ownership of the last synagogue and they both <laughs> lived in it, but drew a line down the middle and like split the house. And they were like, don't cross this line. This is my part of the synagogue and would spend all day fighting with each other. The two greatest people who've ever lived. There's an amazing video of the of them yelling at each other. And it's so fucking. Yeah, funny. when, the, when the, the older one goes, I will. This is supposed to be my friend. I will piss on your beard. <laughs> no, it's like the, the, the older guy who's dead now is being interviewed by a TV crew. And like he's sitting there and he's giving an interview. And then you hear Zabulon just outside of frame yelling at him <laughs> and just insulting him and just going, Goy, Goy, Triple Goy, Debotch Goy. And then he's like, why do you always do this? You scare away all my customers. Why do you keep calling me a j- Goy? He said, we said, why? And then he goes, why not call me a pimp or sorcerer? <laughs> <laughs> you... It, Oh. oh man, I goddamn! And you know what? He doesn't have to sweat it. If he won't pay him, he doesn't have to worry about that shit because the Taliban has already imprisoned him once, and they let him go because he was too annoying. Yeah, yeah, I think like there was like they talked to a Taliban guy about this, and the guy like couldn't help it. He like burst into a grin. Like everyone loves this guy. Like even if they put him in prison, they're like, oh, it's Zabulon. <laughs> there's a, there's another article. This is from like uh, the forward a couple of years ago. There's a lot of good a lot of good color about him here too. It says uh, there is a good amount of information already available on on Simitov, given his newsworthy title as Afghanistan's last remaining Jew. He always wears a kippah and observes the Jewish Sabbath, though he will watch television if a non-Jew has turned it on for him. He lives in <laughs> Afghanistan's last standing synagogue, which he renovated himself in the heart of Kabul's flower district. Every Shabbat, he reads Torah from the Bima of the old sanctuary. He hates the Taliban and is on a quest to reclaim a Torah stolen by its interior ministry. He, is allegedly, he allegedly charges a pretty penny or euro for interviews. And he goes, um, everybody in the streets knows him, one neighbor told Faraz. 
He is very salient, and sometimes he is very choleric, but we have fun with him. <laughs> and this is another detail I really like. When the Taliban took over, of Af- uh, when the Taliban took over of Af- Afghanistan in the late 1990s, Simontov went to Israel with his family, where his wife and daughters and sisters now live, but returned to Kabul after just two months. I did not want to stay there. Afghanistan is my homeland, he told Foreign <laughs> Policy. My man, dude. dude it's like that, yeah. That's how fucking annoying Israelis are. <laughs> yeah, even the most, probably one of the most annoying guys in the world was like, ugh, no thanks. <laughs> he was like, these guys suck. Uh, when he returned, uh, uh, Simontov encountered Yitzhak Levi, nearly two decades his senior, living at the Kabul synagogue. The two did not hit it off. <laughs> they fought viciously about which of them was the rightful owner of the land, according to a 2017 Jewish Telegraphic Agency profile of Simontov. They moved into different wings of the synagogue. In 1998, Levy wrote to the Taliban interior minister to accuse Simontov of theft of Jewish relics. Simontov retorted by telling the Taliban that Levy ran a secret brothel where he sold alcohol, <laughs> which Levy denies. Simontov also spread rumors that Levy had converted to Islam, <laughs> which Levy denied as well. I don't talk to him. He's the devil, Simontov told the New York Times in 2002. A dog is better than him. I don't have many complaints about the... I, he goes, I don't have many complaints about the Taliban, but I have a lot of complaints about him. <laughs> he goes, the Taliban was, uh, he goes, um, the Taliban was so annoyed by their constant fighting that they threw them in jail, but they eventually kicked them out when they continued to fight inside the prison. <laughs> He goes, the Taliban beat me a lot, Simontov told Foreign Policy. I was in prison several times because of this charlatan. He wanted to get rid of me to sell the synagogue, but thank God he was not successful. (laughs) Uh, He goes, I am a man with no fear. I will never leave Afghanistan because of the Taliban or anyone else, Simontov told Foreign Policy. When Feroz asked the Taliban official uh, about Simontov and Levi, he could not hide his grin. Yes, I remember them. They caused me a lot of problems, he said. <laughs> Dude, I, God damn it. Like this guy, like I said, hero, unambiguous hero. I am a man without fear. He says that, that, that there's nothing the Taliban that can do to me that this awful, awful old man who is lower than a dog has not already done to me. Dude, this is a true, like, that's it. That's what, like, Judaism is supposed to be. It's like, this is life the or death. Yeah, like, life or death, that's in God's hands. Life or death, it's like whatever happens, happens. If it's my time, it's my time. That's up to God. Don't sweat the big things. The small things, you know, <laughs> who lives in the synagogue, who's like, you know, is the, accused this guy of being a fucking sorcerer and shit. Like, that's all you care about. That's what's keeping you alive. And, like, that's true. That's what it's supposed to be. If I could explain Judaism to, you know, those those of our listeners who, like, grew up in fucking, like, you know, Idaho or some shit. That's what it, it's, what it's supposed to be is don't sweat the big stuff. Sweat the small stuff. <laughs> the big stuff, that's all God. That's all God. That's all in his hands. Everything else, you can be the most annoying fucking person in the world. But there's something beautiful in that too. That's what God wants. And this is, you know, we've never really had a pope before. But this is him. Everyone, dude, everyone thinks they're David. Every Israeli who like gets in there and like, fucking plays Call of Duty, uh, inflicts fucking terrible war crimes on people. I'm in the spirit of David. Every Israeli who like goes to a university to study how you can put Molly into a hamburger. I'm Solomon. I'm wise like Solomon. <laughs> no, this is David. This is David. Because David was fearless because he was like, hey, God's got me. And if he doesn't, you know, that's God's hands too. 
but stuff like I want to fuck my friend's wife. That's what I like. That's what like all my energy that isn't being put into fearlessness and combat and all that. It's going into this. It's going into being a fucking prick in the smallest ways possible. And that's that's life. You know, uh, ki- that's King's- what makes us human. King Solomon, you know, before he uh, famously decided, you know, who is the rightful mother of a baby. He was just like, I, I will adjudicate this matter. Uh, but first, if you could just pay a small fee to have a tour of the temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy, man, I, he really doesn't want to leave because it's like he's got too much. It's man. He like he reminds me of my grandmother so much in so many ways where it's like she's like 101. She's seen all this shit and she's like, you know, what's keeping her going? Oh, like there's some weird thing with like someone that goes to a restaurant that she knows <laughs> that keeps you going. And like, I, I want, you know, in my heart, like I, I want to get him out. I would let him live with me for however long, but I know he's not going to go because he needs to keep doing this shit. This is what his, this is what he's about. Everyone thinks they can rescue Zabulon. He doesn't need rescuing. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. He's and a beautiful I, man. And he's like, living I, his best life. Really and I, I love the uh, like the, uh, the, the, the 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 Israeli like rescue rangers that tried to get him out of Afghanistan. <laughs> they were like obviously only doing this for like a propaganda. Oh yeah, victory. and like all the all the fucking like uh, like uh, American like pro Israel groups that are like so worried about college campuses and they're like oh hip hop clubs are brainwashing our kids to hate Israel. It's like they don't want they wouldn't touch this guy with a ten foot pole because like because he, he has no use for Israel. He's like is- no like I I. I guess, unlike Israel, my people have been living in Afghanistan for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. This is my homeland. I don't need your fucking made-up one. No Israeli could understand like actual courage, which this guy actually has. Pay, pay, this guy's really about man. it. Pay the man, it, dude. I wish. Is there any way to like cash up Zabulon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Let's would, his man. line. <laughs> I like want to. Next time, if they put him in prison again, I want to put money on his books. I don't know if they have that over there. Probably not. But, like, <laughs> I literally, man, if there was a way for me to just, like, PayPal him, I would. Someone let me know. Do, uh, everyone, everyone out there, don't pretend to be Zabulon and trick me. I'll know. <laughs> I'll ask you riddles. Uh, it, it did say, uh, the Taliban did steal uh, the, the, the copy of the Torah from the synagogue that was, like, from the 15th century. and they, I think they've, like, auctioned it off on some international black market. But Zebulon is... Has dedicated the rest of his life to uh, gaining back that torch, to, to, to taking it back for his yes. synagogue. I hope he succeeds. I really do. And no, Zebulon, you don't need my blessing. We both know whatever happens is in God's hands, but we love you. And you are our Pope. Well, I think that uh, about uh, wraps it up for today's episode. Any, 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 any final clothing thoughts? I mean, I just, uh, like I said, um, I'll reiterate what I said. If he stands firm on this, Joe Biden will, by default, despite how terrible he is in every other regard, and I don't expect you know, the American people to reap too many benefits from, from, from this, but just by simply unambiguously ending a fucking U.S. imperial war, um, he has a chance to go down as probably the best president of my lifetime, if not I mean, since FDR. It looked yeah. like, he really it looked is like the FDR the comparison now. Yeah, it looked I get like it, a thing that was impossible. It looked like a thing that... All of the incentive structures designed around the presidency were set up in such a way that no one could realistically do this. And it really did take just a cottage cheese brained 
old man who thinks he's in a malt shop to do it. Yeah. All we can say is ice cream's on us tonight. Absolutely. Get, get Every, all your favorite dude, this flavors. Is, this is Little League. Every loser gets some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, and you know, America is like Little League because it's like whether we win or lose a war, we can have Sunny D with our friends after the game. It's not yeah. a big deal. Nothing happens. It's yeah, the same relax. for us. Yeah, yeah why, what are you crying for? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 like a, it's like you lost a Little League game where you somehow like killed everyone who was in the stands. <laughs> But, you could, um, but you're fine. Cold Stone's still open. Yeah. No, that's like if Joe needs to like make a speech, it's like even losers get ice cream. And then Americans will like get it. They'll be like, damn, yeah. No, it makes sense now. No, I mean, I just, just, just back to what you say, like from the last episode, that's like really stuck with me about Biden. Yeah, being our sin eater, being, being a loser mm-hmm. on behalf of all of us. And it's just like if we as a people can admit that we have failed, that are like uh, the, what, what there we is a limit America, to our power. Then we have to reckon with what that means. Yep. Then, and then, like there is a slim chance that if we can face that reality, we can begin to face other realities. And like, hopefully, I mean, not only that, but actually, <laughs> maybe if we weren't spending a, tr- if we didn't spend a trillion dollars in Afghanistan over the last twenty years, I'm like, I'm not saying all that money would have trickled down, but like, we could have gotten something out of it in America. We, just we did. We, we've a got some something? of the finest. We've got some of the finest uh, small plate uh, um, eateries in Northern Virginia you could ever imagine. Yeah, yeah no. If you you yeah. can you can go. You could uh, just take a a a foot based walking tour of charcuterie boards uh, across Northern Virginia, and all of that is paid for with the Afghanistan war. Yeah, we <clears throat> we have like every Montessori school in Falls Church. We did it. That I think that is it though. That's like what he did. What he really did here, like for America, is that <clears throat> he made everyone look at this and go, "We're not fucking invincible. We can't do this forever." Look at this. Look what's happening. The writing's on the fucking wall. And that I don't know anyone who's done anything like that as president in my lifetime or even before it. And they're all squealing. Mm-hmm. They're all the hit dogs are hollering, and that's literally everybody because no matter where. These people are on whatever they imagine their political spectrum is. All of them are united in a belief that, like, that is America's role. That that uh, that American power is, by definition, unbounded, and that uh, more than anything, we have to stay everywhere to avoid reckoning with limitations of any kind. And no matter if they're Republican or Democrat, whatever bullshit objection that they're fucking raising, whether it's oh, uh, you know, we left too many weapons over there or there's going to be oh no there's going to be refugees or 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 what about the women that's all just a way to cover for their imperial uh madness that they're They're humiliated they're every one of them has been fixated one and that they cannot process losing they cannot handle their their fantasy being punctured and they're all freaking out about it and just watch just watch all, all your based nationalists just figure out a way to be horrified by this, even though they claim that this is the kind of thing that they've wanted for the last few years. They're all full and, of shit. And like, uh, uh, like the, the line that I see a lot of like the, the NATSEC community taking is they're like, oh, the ramifications of this aren't about Afghanistan. They're about Taiwan. They're like, oh, because China is going to see that we won't honor our commitments. It's like, well, first of all, we said we were going to withdraw. And then against all fucking like hope and fucking logic, we actually did that. 
<laughs> we actually stood by that commitment. So that would seem if like by the international community, should we take America seriously when it says it'll do something? This would be a pretty good example of like, yeah, I, I guess you can because we are following up on this. But you know what? It's like the idea that like, oh, oh China is going to be in a more powerful position now than they were before. Really, is it, is it because we withdrew from Afghanistan or is it because we spent 20 years dicking around and spending a trillion dollars there in the first place where they were spending a similar amount of money building high-speed rail and like <laughs> fucking uh, uh, developing their own middle class? They like, were making yeah, no Blade shit, Runner 2042 real. <laughs> no, no shit, China's in a more powerful position than they were before we invaded Afghanistan. It's because we invaded Afghanistan, not because we're leaving it. And the Dude. whole people about like, this is, this is, such, this is, a, this is such a tragedy. You know, this is a debacle. It's like, no, us leaving isn't the debacle. Us being having to leave in the first place is the fucking tragedy and the yeah. disaster. If we could, we, you know, Americans who feel bad about this, all you should do now, get your ice cream you got for losing. Push like hell for anyone in Afghanistan who wants to come here because this yeah, is the absolutely. absolute fucking least yeah. we owe to yeah. them. You can, there are a ton of great re organizations that do refugee resettling that you can work for. You can actually, that feeling you have, that imperial humiliation, if you really do think it is like compassion, put it into something. Like, yeah. do it. No, it'll be the best thing you ever did. And by the way, I, I guarantee. For the, Caitlin, that, for the Caitlin Flanagans of the world that are so concerned about women and girls, are they pushing for anything more than a symbolic couple thousand slots for refugees in this country? Because, I mean, it should be in the millions if we're really taking seriously our, our duty to the people of Afghanistan. It should be anyone who can get to this country Absolutely. or wants to should be allowed to. We were them ferrying, all visas. We were, ferrying, we were ferrying fucking Burger King back and forth. We can use the same technology to bring people over. Anyone who wants to come, let them come. But now, for America, if people sober up, if people can take a look at the writing of the wall, take a look at the world around them, eat their ice cream for losers... You know, what you can do now, be a little bit more like Zabulon. Get off the get off the screen. Stop letting Jake Tapper scare you. Yeah. Stop letting stop letting Anderson Cooper tell you you're a shitty person. Stop letting Tucker tell you that like, you know, there's a there's HRT in the vaccine. Stop it. Stop it. It's not good for you. No one recognizes you anymore. Go to your neighbor. Accuse him of stealing your grill. You don't even have a grill. <laughs> That's your project now. Become a member of your community. You can be you can be this like awful prick, but you can be it to someone who's exactly like you. And that's your life. You don't have to do it to people over there. It's right here. It's right in front of you. Whether you want to be a good person, try to be one, you know, do work in refugee resettling, just help as much as you can, or you want to be an asshole, which I'm I'm sure a lot of people do. That's right there for you. It's right in front of you. Just Stop watching this poison on TV. Stop, stop getting scared of stuff that is not going to kill you. And go out there and be the Zabulon that you're meant to be. And I guess just my final thought is like, the, the, the Afghanistan withdrawal, whether you're you know, a, a Donald Trump or every Democratic person, politician who ran for president, it was sort of like, I, I never believed it was going to happen because it was sort of like Medicare for all. And that they all said, oh yeah, of course we should, be, we should, get, we should leave Afghanistan. But then, like, I always expected when it really got down to it, they'd be like, well, you know, I mean, it's more complicated than that. And what we're going to do is with Afghanistan withdrawal for some. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, like, I, on every other regard, Joe Biden is exactly the same horrible, shitty Democratic politician as the rest of them. No, no hope in that regard, at least on the domestic front. Um, but on this one issue, he was the one guy who actually did it. And that's mm -hmm. what it looks like. And to, for, for that reason alone... 
I am retiring the moniker Sleepy Joe, and from now on, I will be referring to him as Irish Joe. I love Irish Joe, man. Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe is the guy who gets out there and is like, "You can't like go bankrupt." Sorry, bitch. Irish Joe, he's the one who looks the deep state dead in their eyes and goes, "What's your name again?" <laughs> <laughs> I love Irish Joe. Irish All right. Joe, please be that for the rest of your term. <laughs> we'll have her on dying sport. All right, gang. Uh, till next time. Bye. Till next time. Bye.